You're listening to Deocide Endocultum, presented by Hakim Alebokis Alexander on scourge on your observer and because I don't currently accept uh, Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior then in that case I will burn in hell for all eternity according to what I believe is my very limited understanding of some part of Christianity. But I wouldn't know, because I only read bits and pieces of the Bible, and I'm too lazy about the salvation of my soul to go any further than that. But what I have explored, because it's very pedestrian, it is very, it's very easy to work with. It doesn't require much uh, intellectual exercise at all, really. But it's uh, profound in its implications, however radically simple it is. And that is this one attribute of it, that I am holy and completely responsible for all of the experiences in my life, including the worst of them, the things that I would claim that I want no part of. Yet here I am, caught in an impossible place. And what is that place, you might ask? Or if you didn't, I'm telling you anyway. That place is that I cannot move forward in my life with any tiny bit of integrity or even we could say honesty, truth, with anything that's actually effective or means anything at all. If I don't actually accept and not just pay lip service to fully and totally accept the fact that I, through my careless use of free will, have constructed and horrific disaster of a life up until some soul-scorching point that 
has forced me to radically reconsider my entire existence. So, this is the God Killer. It's first, we have to be able to see God. But if we want to go and find God, to kill God, we have to be able to see God. And many will say that's very easy. Because in order to be God, what I have accepted is that God has to be everywhere at all times. That's omnipresent. God has to know all things. That's omniscient. Know all things at all times. And be omnipotent. Have all power over all things at all times. And therefore, whenever I open my eyes or close them or think a thought or breathe or anything, there God is. Right? So, some would say that's the simplest, simplest way. But, how do we get there? Right? Because a lot of people, you, me, sometimes, will open our eyes or close them or do any of that stuff I just said and say, I don't see God. Well then, here's the only way that I can explain how right now then to see God. There's uh, uh, some passages in the Bible, if my memory serves me correctly, it's in the Sermon on the Mount in the book of Matthew, and there's a part that's very popular that says, uh, and the pure of heart shall see God. Something like this, right? Well, let's break down these words here, like uh, from the book called The Sermon on the Mount by Emmett Fox, and the way that I understood his explanation of this, which I'm using here. And that is, first of all, the words that were used in the Bible are of a technical type, just like how every specific industry you know, a profession or specialty has their language. You know, you have legal language, you have medical terminology, right? There's all the different, you know, even me mechanics. Everyone has their terminology. Clinical hypnotist, we have a technology, right? It's the jargon, right? And so that's one thing. The Bible was written in a technical jargon, right? A, a, a religious jargon. Um, so these words, pure heart God, right, are, are of that ilk. Then, not only that, you might have some archaic uses of the language, which also comes into play, meaning definitions of words that are no longer extant or are used very little and therefore not understood by many, so therefore might as well not exist for all intents and purposes of communication, except in, you know, in, the literature, in literature, and stylistically, poetically, so on and so forth. And then we have to look at those few things together, as Emmett Fox pointed out in the book. But again, the understanding I came to was this, of how to see God. That pure means being able to pray, meditate, focus singly on one thing. For example, like what would Jesus do? Or or the Mahamudra, the Tantric Mahamudra, which is to uh, imagine yourself and uh, identify yourself as a god uh, in order to raise your consciousness to a high level of meditation. Um, 
this this imagine yourself as a god so so there's um this pure thought that you're so singularly focused that's pure right that's that's what pure means is to be able to lock onto one specific thing maybe it's like a chanting right they go namiho renge kyo and things like this to get locked into a chant or a, a mantra or a, an image some people get really good at, at reimagining mandalas right and so then you have heart right so now can we imagine that it's this thing beating in our chest is the heart this thing that's beating in the chest in the in the bible is that what we're really talking about the pure of heart is it the thing in your chest no but what really can be pure what can you make pure to, to make something focus on something so singly a focus like that well that's the subconscious mind and again i will lead to some examples from the very airy fairy uji buji new age mystical stuff that comes from the guys who would call themselves like uh new thought right um it's ancient wisdom new thought is like the tagline for this spiritual movement that has been going on for a long time where it's somewhat a fusion of buddhism or even actually older than that the monistic idea of the universe coming from the hindu faith um combined with uh some some interesting parts of christianity and um so again in order to first look at the whole idea of pure right to be pure of heart shall see god right so how do we see god and that's like the pure thought is is locking on one thought which is why people practice certain kinds of meditation and repetitions right and it's to repeat to keep on that one singular thing now what about the heart is it the fleshy beating thing in the chest no it's the subconscious mind so again as i was about to say hello loki that the uh the way to the the heart to understand the heart is the subconscious mind and a way to understand that even further is from some examples from the strangest secret from earl nightingale again one of these uh new thoughters um earl nightingale and then also from a book from james allen called as a man thinketh uh and i then did a talk on it in 2007 on a podcast on blog talk radio um it was called karma cafe and it was called um something about the garden of the subconscious mind or something like that and the whole idea comes from that the your subconscious mind is like a fertile soil and if you think about soil you can take a seed of corn and a seed of nightshade which is a deadly poison to humans right and you can put them both in the soil and the soil doesn't care what you plant in the soil you can put those dig the holes you can put the seeds in the ground you water it and all things equal with sunlight and all that the two plants will come up one corn and one poison right one corn one nightshade and the soil doesn't care what you plant the soil will will bring up anything you, you plant now of course this is an oversimplification of soil and crop rotation and all that but the point is very well made because it's very true that pretty much almost anything will grow in any soil if you put the seeds in there and all things are equal it doesn't matter if one is poor is one of is nutrition and one is poison they'll grow just like that's why people you know do all this lawnscaping and all all this stuff like that right they pull up weeds right because the bad ones are in there even though a lot of that stuff like dandelion is not all uh, it's been demonized to be but so you know so this whole idea of uh, of, of of basically filtering and weeding out certain characteristics is one that we can do to the subconscious mind in order for it to be pure and that 
That meaning the subconscious mind is the heart that we're planting these things into. It's like the soil is the heart of the earth. It plant, it grows everything like a womb as well as a heart, right? So you have this whole thing about life that's coming from here, the heart, right? That pumps the blood all throughout. And this thing here is not the organ in the chest, it's the subconscious mind. Again, this is the more that you consciously, right? Purely think of, one singular thing over and over again, the more that gets turned over into your subconscious mind, your heart. So the pure, which means re repeated, the same thing, like good, 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 love, 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 basically even simple things like that. That's a purity. You can just be pure. That's why some people just say, oh, right? Because they're, they're focusing purely on one thing. So that's one that's a form of purity so that then that gets implanted whatever you attach to that ohm whatever the intention is there starts getting implanted in the heart not just the uh, heart the physical heart and the chest but more the subconscious mind and those two things are intimately connected and then the third thing is shall see god right so the whole thing in the sermon on the mount the book of matthew is the pure of heart shall see god and of course that's my interpretation and paraphrasing of it but that's the basic idea so the pure of hearts will see God. So basically this is saying that those who have discipline, the discipline to plant what it is they want into their consciousness, their subconscious mind, which drives all of their behavior, right? Which is this whole prayer and supplication, right? The whole idea, the metaphysical concept of, you know, God is like a fire, a flame, an everlasting flame, and we are like bits of metal and if we want to be godlike, we put ourselves to the fire by praying and looking and turning towards God. So even though the piece of metal cannot itself become fire, it won't burst into flames, it can become red hot and become fire-like, right? And so in this way, um, that purity, that repetition of thought is making it so we're like that thing as much as possible. The whole question of what would Jesus do or what would anything do, right? Which is the equivalent of this tantric mahamudra, but the tantric mahamudra is an extreme thing where you imagine yourself radically imagine yourself as a deity imagine yourself as a god and all the emotions that come with that but one of the deities you can imagine yourself as is avalokiteshvara like the book becoming the compassion buddha avalokiteshvara is the compassion buddha so the pure of heart shall see god your subconscious mind you shall see god so this is how you arrive at opening your eyes and seeing god everywhere realizing then that God can only God the universe whatever you want to call it and this is why whatever you want to call it is appropriate because it has these characteristics the omni characteristics right that God is omnipresent is everywhere at all times that God is omniscient knows all things at all times and God is omnipotent has power over all things at all times so an all-knowing, all-powerful, all-present God. But where does it say anything about all-loving? Geese. I do not know about the geese, divine madness. Please elaborate. So, Loki. And so as I began telling how I have caused the worst things in my entire life 
In fact, I've caused everything in my entire life. I am purely responsible in my heart for seeing God in the way that I've chosen to see God all the time. Free will. Free will, folks. Free will. I caused it all. I did it all. And therefore, I am in hell for it all. I can be in heaven or hell for it all. Because I did this. Now the power, where is the power? What is the point? What would be the point in all this? In this silly game of life to kill God, the dark secrets of the God killers, the aside right, is to kill God, and deicide endocultum, dark secrets of the God killers. Well, you have to see God to kill God. And then you come to the point to know that there is nowhere that God is not. That to kill God is to kill yourself, which is impossible. You can't really kill yourself because you can't really kill God. Because you can't really kill anything. Everything is and always will be. And the only way we have any power to move anything at all is by accepting full and total responsibility. At least for me, that's what has to be done. For every single experience that I've had, because I've called it all upon myself. So this is the dark secret of the God killers. You have no power over anything unless you accept that you have all power over everything in your experience. The way that you experience it. The wind blows, you set the sails.